0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you talking golf uh, another week. So uh, we've got the uh, really interesting week on the calendar this week with the match play tournament uh, taking place as kind of our primary focus. And then we've also got a secondary event this week as well. So plenty to get to here on the show tonight. Of course, I am Justin Manzuden, joined by my usual co-host co-host, Derek Farnsworth. Uh, we didn't bring Brian back this week because he guaranteed that Martin Trainer was going to make the cut and that didn't happen. So, you know, when your first ever guarantee goes awry, uh, you, you get the boot. So he's not. Uh, no, we're just kidding. But uh, it was great having him on last week and back to uh, to noto and I here this week. So, uh, Derek, what's going on?
1: You forgot the cardinal rule of hot takes. Uh, when they don't hit, you just forget about them and move on. <laughs> That's and right. I, on. Here I am. I brought it back up. Um, but yeah, Brian was great last week, uh, and I'm excited to talk about this week. One of my favorite events. I know we say that uh, a lot, but I think the first three days are, you know, some of the best sweat that you're going to get outside of the majors.
0: Yeah, it, it really is an interesting format. We'll break it down here for you um uh, and, and kind of explain how it works if you're new uh to the match play DFS uh, scene. We'll make sure you've got all the information you need to know before we are out of here for this show. So. Uh, with that, we can do a quick recap back at uh, last week and you know it was a it was a week that uh, was really interesting. I think the uh, the six of six and five of six percentages were perhaps the highest we've seen in a larger field event in quite some time. So there was uh, lots of uh, basically lots of fantasy scoring out there because of all the six of six lineups. So lineups that you know a lot of times you can maybe, Squeak by in cash games with, uh, with 4 with 6 or something like that, since the 5 of 6 and 6, per- six of 6 percentages were so high last week. Uh, it, it was a week where you really needed to have at least five guys through the cut at the uh, the Valspar to, uh, to have a competitive lineup and obviously to, to win a tournament. Um, you probably needed all six because the scoring was a little better than what we often see at that event, and the aforementioned lots of uh, full lineups making it through. Sam Burns over Davis Riley in a playoff at Justin Thomas and Matthew Neesmith finished one shot back. So it was really interesting to see all the I mean, Neesmith had a what a 10 under round. Uh, Riley had a nine under round. I mean, you saw all these guys going low on a course that uh, usually doesn't yield that, but uh, had pretty much perfect weather conditions for most of the week. And and that led to, uh, to better scoring. So that plus a ton of uh, chalk lineups making it through. Uh, Matt, you really needed to have everything right last week. So how'd that shake out for you?
1: I ended up having a pretty good week. Had 6-6 six six in Maine. So, uh, you know, pretty much guaranteed a min cash. Uh, fell apart a little bit on the weekend, but overall a pretty good week. And like you mentioned, a lot of chalk hit last week. So um, I was actually on a golf trip with some friends. So I wasn't sweating it too hard. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of nice just to, to get away from the sweat and just check every uh, few holes how my guys were doing. But I uh, got to watch the playoff. Uh, that was pretty entertaining. I mean, Sam Burns hit that bomb uh, to end up winning on the second playoff hole, I believe. And uh, I kind of thought Davis Riley was going to get it done. He looked uh, very confident out there, hit some good shots, uh, just uh, couldn't quite get it done. And uh, JT was another one I thought that was going to make a, a charge there at the end, you know, kind of made some birdies down the stretch, but uh, just got off to a slower start on Sunday and uh, backed up 366 is with the 70 on Sunday. So I mean, it feels like uh, it's only a matter of time before he wins one of these tournaments. I think it's been a full year since he's, uh, won his last, uh, tournament.
0: Yeah. And he only hit eight greens on Sunday, uh, eight greens in regulation and, uh, still managed to shoot one under, uh, just didn't give himself enough looks at, uh, at, at birdie to, uh, you know, to, to get that extra shot and get his uh, way into the playoffs. So, uh, did end up becoming a very competitive event there and, uh, was, uh, was nice to see Burns get another win. We've talked about his upside plenty on this show, and even you know when he fades for a little bit, uh, he comes back and and reminds us that uh, the upside is still there. So good for him. He's definitely one of the better players on the PGA Tour right now, and uh, gets it done with the seventeen under, winning in that uh, second playoff hole. So uh, anything else from last week? I mean, there are a lot. Most of the shock hit at least in terms of making the cut there wasn't a whole lot really that was surprising I guess Keegan missing the cut was you know we can never say that's a surprise ended up missing it on on the number there so uh, he was the biggest kind of chalk play that uh, that missed him an answer Uh, but anything else from last week before we switch focus here
1: yeah I mean congrats to Sam Burns three wins in the last calendar year that's pretty impressive like you mentioned he's becoming one of the better golfers on the, on the PGA tour. And I mean, he's won so much money. They didn't even feel the necess- necessity to tee it up this week. So, um, you know, he's not playing, he's going to kind of gear up for the masters. And then the other thing I want to note is the weather. Um, it seemed to be a wedge last week and it you know turned out just like we thought it might. So after the debacle of the players, uh, when I said I wouldn't trust the weather anymore um, you know, we got a little bit of an edge last week. If you did, play that weather angle so at this point yeah i don't know what to do with uh with those wind advantages
0: well the good news is this week uh we can just take all of that to usual golf discussion and pretty much shelve it uh because we've got a totally different dynamic with the match play and uh so we'll uh, we'll dig right into that here just because it's so different some people might be wondering how the heck do I build these lineups? And of course, this tournament starts Wednesday morning, so it's not like we've got the usual amount of time to get things ready. Uh, you got to have those lineups in by nine twenty Eastern Time on Wednesday morning. So there is an event on starting on Thursday, an alternate field event. It's a terrible field, uh, but uh, you know somebody's going to win that tournament as well in Punta Cana. So we'll have you covered. We got lineup HQ ready for that. Uh, And we'll have an expert survey out for that uh, usual Thursday start. Uh, But uh, Johnny Vegas is the most expensive golfer in the field. And it's like Joel Damon and Nate Lashley and Bryce Garnett. Like those are the guys up at the top. So uh, it's, it's not a star studded field by any means, but if your match play lineups are dead on Wednesday, uh, you can, uh, you know, you can go uh, tilt, create some Corrales uh, Punta Cana lineups for Thursday uh, but we're we're going to focus on the match play here for this one because there's just so much more strategy involved. It's your primary uh, focus on on DraftKings this week. We got a 750k prize pool, uh, so we'll talk about that. And just in general, I mean, uh, it's the usual. I, we we usually break down the course, but it's Austin uh, Country Club of Austin, traditional ball strikers uh, layout here uh, for this tournament. So. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time going through the course, but uh, uh, general thoughts on the course, and then we'll we'll kind of dig into how the event lays out in general.
1: Yeah, I think the main takeaways from the course, it's a Die design. So if you want to use, um, you know, the Die corollary courses, I certainly don't mind that angle. And then the other note, um, very risk reward. There's a lot of holes where you can be aggressive off the tee, um, but you can also, you know, pay the price if you hit bad shots. So that kind of makes like a perfect, type of event for match play, because you're going to see a lot of guys, you know, go on birdie streaks. You're going to see big leads disappear. Um, And then the last few holes kind of make for a good finish. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Nothing um, particular that I'm looking for in terms of a skill set. I think just uh, history and match play history at this course is kind of what you want to be targeting. And then uh, after we go through the player pool, we're going to pull up a screen share and kind of walk you through the build rules in order to maximize your chances of getting, you know, six of the final eight, um, and then, you know, all four of the final four. I think 30% of the lineups last year ended up uh, not building optimally. So right off the bat, you're going to have a big edge if you do uh, use the rules that we're going to show there at the end of the show.
0: So if you're unfamiliar with the tournament in general, this is basically your March Madness style bracket, 64 golfers. Um, And so the bracket itself is going to look familiar, just what you would normally see. Uh, with a bracket style tournament however the 64 golfers are grouped into 16 groups of four so you've got four golfers in what is labeled group number one and they will play round robin style on wednesday thursday and friday against each golfer will play the other three golfers in their group and then they will take um, the the winner with the best record um, from that group and and that player will advance and I, I always get confused by this every year but I, if there is an identical tie in terms of record uh, I believe they do that with a sudden death playoff and not via head to head result like if okay the first group has say your top two seeds in the first group are John Rom and Patrick Reed if they finish basically both say both two and one uh, atop the group it's not going to come down to who won their head to head. It's going to, they just do a playoff. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And they do it so that, uh, you know, everyone's, at least a lot of the field is still in play on Friday because, you know, if a golfer was, uh, you know, had no chance if the other guy already had two wins or whatever, um, then it would kind of make a a little less, you know, interesting to watch. And so a lot of golfers would check out. So yeah, you're right. Um, They do the single whole playoff and uh, head to head, you know, records don't matter.
0: All right. That's what I thought. And I forgot to double check it before we went on the air. So uh, then the group winners are determined. And then uh, so, so there'll be 16 winners from each group after the round Robin play. Uh, so again, that'll take place Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, and then Saturday they will do the round of 16 and the quarterfinals, uh, which are just single 18, uh, 18 holes, head to head opponent versus opponent winner advances. Uh, so they'll do the round of 16 and the quarterfinals on Saturday winners advancing and then the semifinals and the finals on Sunday uh, to where if you are in the championship of the tournament, uh, you're playing one round Wednesday, one round Thursday, one round Friday, two rounds Saturday and two rounds on Sunday. So seven rounds total uh, for the players that end up getting to the championship, whereas the golfers who are eliminated after round robin are only playing three matches. So obviously you've got uh, advantages the farther your golfers go. Even if they end up getting eliminated in the championship, they're still playing seven matches and accruing fantasy points. The scoring is a little bit different. We don't have to get into all the nuances of that, but basically every hole that you win, you know, you get, you get points and holes that you have and holes that you lose. Uh, You know, there's, there's fantasy scoring involved in there, but it benefits you in general to have golfers, um playing throughout the tournament as long as they don't get you know whitewashed tiger woods versus Stephen ames style uh in one of the uh in one of the head-to-head matches so that's how it's going to be outlined and and basically what we're going to show you at the end is how to optimize your builds obviously you don't want to be taking two players from the same group uh because one of those guys is going to be eliminated guaranteed after the first group stage round Uh, But then you can get into principles as far as, well, how many people do you take from the same like group of eight or group of 16? Uh, And there's a whole bunch of different theories around that uh, to where, you know, it it makes there's a lot of nuance to line up building. But the most basic one is you definitely don't want to be rostering two guys or three guys from the same group as you build. So we'll we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more at the end of the show uh, once we've gone through the golfers a little bit. Anything else you want to add on general strategy before we go?
1: Uh, not really. Don't be afraid to fade the chalk. Uh, there are going to be a lot of surprises. I think uh, the average, you know, top seeds advancing over the last five years has been like five of them. Um, I think the line of the top, uh, you know, guy coming out of each thing, um, each group is like four and a half. So uh, don't be afraid to fade the chalk. Don't be afraid to take some chances. I mean, we saw Victor Perez go to the final four last year. We've seen a lot of surprises. I mean, Billy Horschel was 50th in the world um, last year when he won. So it should be a fun event. It's going to be very volatile. I mean, you can win a match when you're playing uh, some pretty average golf, just depending on how your opponent plays. And um, you know, Patrick Hanley got the best of everyone last year. He led the entire field in ball striking um, and ended up not making it uh, out of the first round just because he ran into, everyone's best day and uh, lost in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, don't be afraid to fade the chalk and um, don't be afraid to leave some money on the table as well.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, If you just look at individual matches, basically the underdogs have won about as much as the favorites have here uh, over the past, you know, four or five years. So uh, it is really, really interesting dynamics and uh, it makes for some fun lineup builds. So how we usually do, go through this is I'll basically go top to bottom left to right on the bracket. Um, And so that way we'll be talking about, you know, the first group and then the winner of group one effectively plays the winner of group 16 in the quarter in the round of 16. So uh, we'll go through the bracket and just talk about the individual groups and who we like the most out of them. And we'll go top to bottom left to right as you look at the bracket. So that would be starting with group number one. Uh, which has the number one ranked player in it. So it is John Rahm. He is grouped with Patrick Reed, Cameron Young, and Sebastian Munoz. So, uh, again, Rahm is obviously going to be the favorite out of this group, but we just talked about potentially fading the chalk. So uh, what do you do with Rahm in a group that, uh, you know, obviously looks pretty winnable?
1: Yeah, it seems like uh, he's got a pretty easy path uh, in the group stage. Um, And he's one of those guys that uh, he's kind of intimidating to play. You know, doesn't really have a weakness in his game right now it has been the short game but uh you kind of expect him to figure out that out sooner rather than later and i'm just not that high on anyone else in his group you know patch Reed t26 is last time out but i think he gained double digit strokes putting so um the ball striking is still a big concern with him uh muñoz you know he had the bad sunday at the players he's 0 of 3 in match play at this event so uh, if I'm taking anyone besides Rom, it's maybe a sprinkler of Cam Young. I mean, he's been awesome um, ever since the swing season, but I do think he's going to be pretty popular. I've heard him talked up quite a bit um, as kind of the, the leverage play off of Rom in this group. And uh, he's, he's probably my second favorite play, but I would probably rather just load up on Rom. What about you?
0: Yeah, I, I always like embracing the variance in this. And I, and I think Young is the guy for me. I just think you look at his results. Um, obviously, last time out wasn't great. Um, missed the cut with a 77 in the second round at the players, but 13th, 16th, second, 26th, 20th before that. I mean, five straight top 30 finishes. Uh, he's been playing real well, and I think he'll be motivated on that uh, that big stage against against Rom. So, certainly risky. Um, I don't think he's going to get up to, you know, to be in mega chalk or anything like that. I mean, we've got, we've got him at 12% right now, but Ownership is going to be spread out in this thing. So, yeah, I usually like to end up with two players from each group in my player pool. Obviously not in the same lineup, but two guys from each group in my player pool. And it would definitely be Ram and, and Young for me. So I like those two.
1: Yep, I agree. And I think uh, that's probably going to be the the consensus among uh, most people. So um, if you do like Reed or Munoz, you're going to probably get them a low ownership.
0: I do like that young doesn't have to face around the first day. Uh, So uh, he faces Reed the first day. So that'll be an easy win for him. Uh, Be able to to get started with a W over, over Patrick Reed. Justine's too busy talking on uh, Twitter about how Burns shouldn't be able to play in the next event because he withdrew. It's all, uh, it's all a racket in the Reed camp right now. Um, We don't have time to get into that tonight, but uh, it's, it's, not going well for mr reed right now all right so the winner of that group uh, will face the winner of group 16 uh, which is brooks kepka shane lowry harold varner and eric van royen so that's our second group here uh obviously you know this feels like a pretty wide open group varner always a little bit hit or miss van royen always a little bit hit or miss Uh, and lowry's been one of the best players on the tour uh, over the last couple of months uh, almost feels like that uh, that makes Kepka an underdog here from a public perspective. So what do you make of this group?
1: Yeah, it does feel like Lowry is getting talked up by everybody. You know, he's going to rate out pretty well. Um, if you're looking at any kind of statistics, you mentioned the recent form. Uh, he's been awesome. He's had top 25s in five straight events worldwide. But uh, my issue with Lowry in his career, he's 7-16-3 in match play. So if you're looking for a reason to fade him, he just hasn't been great in this format for whatever reason. Uh, and Brooks Koepka, he's 107 and two in match play. Um, he has advanced out of the first uh, you know group in two of the last three times he's played this event. So I don't mind Brooks. He's actually a dog in some of the uh, matchup bets on the, the different sports books. So I actually bet him to win his group at you know bigger odds than Lowry. And then Varner, I don't really know if he can string together you know three good rounds in a row. He's just so inconsistent. Um, so for me, it's going to be Kepka or EVR, you know, EVR did play well here last year, made it out of the group stage. And, uh, I think he could do it again. He's coming off of a, a top 15 the last time out.
0: Yeah. I don't have a strong take on this group. I, I do think if nobody's playing him, I think Kepka is interesting. Um, I'll probably stick with the form with Lowry, even though his match play record isn't great. Uh, but I don't think you know, you necessarily need to go overweight on this group. I mean, obviously, if you think Rom's going to steamroll the other group, uh, then whoever, you know, wins out of this group has to face him in the round of 16. So probably a group overall that I will go somewhat light on uh, and, and not have too much exposure as a whole. So I don't think that's the worst strategy in, a, in an unpredictable group, uh, even though, you know, there is obviously some upside there uh, if one of these guys happens to, to be on top form on any given day all right so let's go ahead and uh move down to the next group in the bracket which would be uh let's see i'm i'm doing it as it shows on the uh pga tour site which has the eight nine matchup next uh and it has the number nine group first so either way eight nine groups will be next we'll go with group nine here which is uh, bryson dechambeau this group i think it just in general is one of the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say the weakest group, but it, it just, it feels like there's question marks with everybody, like Yuch is inconsistent. The Shambo, who knows where his game's at right now. He said he just hit driver for the first time in, in a while yesterday on the range. You've got Lee Westwood, plenty of match play experience uh, if you're into that. And then you've got Richard Bland in here as well. So uh, do you have a strong take on any of these
1: four? not really uh like you mentioned bryson's just hidden driver at least that's what he says who knows uh if anything that comes out of his mouth is true or not but um he's been hurt so we haven't seen him since january and uh doesn't have a very good match play record three five and one is in his career he's never advanced out of the group stage at this event in two appearances so it kind of does feel like uh it's a good spot to pick an underdog um Gucci's going to be probably the most popular. We have him at 19%, um, everyone else below 8% in this group. Um, but I don't mind Lee Westwood. I mean, 6,300, um, we saw him, I think he lost in a playoff to Sergio last year when Sergio made a hole in one on the par three. Um, that was kind of the way he uh, ended the tournament if I remember correctly. So you mentioned the match play record. I mean, he's played 76 professional match play events or matches, so, yeah, I like Westwood at 6,300 if you're looking for a super punt. And then I'll have some gooch, but I don't think I can get up to 19% because uh, just as I mentioned earlier, it's a good uh, tournament to kind of fade the chop.
0: I had forgotten about that walk-off ace uh, by Sergio. Uh, that What a way to lose, by the way. <laughs> well, we'll see you later. We're out of here on an ace. Uh, catch you guys next year. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I think I- I'm not playing Bryson. If you're into super leverage on the high end, he's probably going to be the lowest owned of anybody above 9K. So I get the logic behind it. Um, I'll probably have a little Gooch, a little Westwood. Uh, but again, this is another group that I am probably going to go a little bit light on uh, because I am, uh, I'm on DJ this week, and he is the leader of the next group, uh, which is group eight, with Homa, Wolf, and Hughes. And look, I, I know home has been solid, um, and, but Wolf is all over the place. DJ is going to be out driving these guys. Uh, I mean, I suppose Wolf maybe can try to keep up with him, but uh, just too much trouble here, I think, for Wolf. We've seen DJ finally turn a corner with form. He's looked a lot better the last couple tournaments. Uh, and I think that this group is, is a relative cakewalk uh, if he's, you know, even remotely hitting fairways. So uh, give me DJ. I think this is a weak group, and I think the, the the number nine group is a relatively weak group, and I think this is a soft spot in the bracket. To where if DJ can make it out, he's got a pretty good path to get to that uh, quarterfinal. Um, obviously, potential matchup with John Ron. We know there'll be some upsets along the way, uh, but uh, you know this is the first group where I think I'm just going to plant my flag on the the chalk at the top and uh, and hope it's DJ's week. He's probably the only guy. I am playing from uh, from group eight. So uh, I think I put him in our content as my pick to win. So I've got to stand by that. So uh, thoughts on this group for you?
1: Yeah, I'd love a DJ win. I bet him outright. Um, have him tagged as conviction play as well. For pretty much all the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, he has a pretty easy path. I know Max homo has been playing great. Uh, he played pretty well here last year as well. Um, lost in the playoff after going two and one so i could see him being competitive in this one but uh yeah wolf's too inconsistent hughes did make it out of the first round here last year but i just don't think that's going to happen again especially with his recent form he's missed three of his last four cuts and i wouldn't get caught um, looking too far ahead in the brackets in terms of you know future matchups but like you mentioned uh, if he wins this one he's going to get the winner of the group that we just talked about and i think that's a very easy matchup for DJ. So yeah, give me all the DJ. He might be the only guy that I end up playing in this group.
0: Yeah, that's definitely going to be the case for me. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a DJ week and he can come out of that, uh, that group and uh, at least get us uh, into the, uh, the head to head, head to head play after that. Uh, We're certainly he's capable of uh, going on a run and, uh, and making it deep into this tournament. So that's the eight, nine group. Um, and that is the upper left quarter of the bracket. So again, if you're trying to set build rules, which we'll talk about later, you know, maybe you can optimize by trying to only include say one or two players, uh, from, you know, that upper left quarter of the bracket, trying to give yourself as many chances as you can to get say all of the final four, even though that's very, very difficult. Uh, so we move to the bottom left of the bracket, which the number five uh, versus number 12 brackets come next. Uh, the five group is Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood and Ian Poulter, which I think almost everyone would agree. It's probably one of the strongest overall groups. You've got Scheffler, who's been playing perhaps the best golf on the PGA Tour over the last two months. Fitzpatrick hasn't been too far behind. He's been playing real well. Always some potential with Fleetwood. And then you've got Ian Poulter, who has the best match play record in this field, like a 60 some odd win percentage in his career in match play. Um, That makes this group really, really difficult to peg. So how do you handle a group like this?
1: It's tough. It's tough. Um, According to my ratings, this group and group 10 are by far the strongest. Um, We'll talk about that one here in a little bit. And, I mean, Scheffler, you know, went to University of Texas, so he's going to have the home crowd behind him um he's obviously been in great form with two wins in his last four starts but for me the the hard thing is the 11k price tag if I'm paying 11k for somebody I think I'm just going to go up to John Rahm um, I do think that'll help keep ownership down I and mean, we saw him make a run here last year finished second so uh if he does end up making another run I mean you're probably going to get him a much lower ownership than most of the expensive guys so there's an there's a case to be made for him but yeah the group's really tough I mean Fitzpatrick's been playing great Ian Poulter, Look at this match play record, 47-19-5. and five. Um, That doesn't even make sense in something where he's been probably an underdog in a lot of those matchups. And then uh, Tommy Fleetwood, pretty good match play record as well. Um, he tends to play p die course as well, coming off of three straight top 25 finishes. So it's really tough. Um, in my builds, I think I took around 15% of Poulter, Fitz, and Fleetwood and just hoping that uh, the chef doesn't win at that. And that's kind of a risky strategy, and I'm kind of – lower in my my floor in this group for sure by by just taking a little pieces of those three but i do think anyone in this group could make a large a long run into uh you know the the finals maybe
0: yeah that makes it tough um i I picked polter because of the price and because it's hard to go against the match play record but i would not be surprised if any of those four guys came out of that group and i think whichever of the four guys comes out of that group uh has to be perhaps a favorite over the winner of the next group. I suppose that might be sliding Horschel a little bit. I mean, Horschel has played well here. He hasn't been playing that bad lately. Uh, and I think it's, a, you know, the group 12 is a relatively weak group as well with Peters, Tom Hoagie and Lee in as your other three golfers in that group. And Hoagie's been playing good golf. So that's a little bit of a disservice to him, but um, you know, when you compare the skill sets of these four with the last four that we just talked about, it's pretty hard to compare. So Horschel, Peters, Hoagie and Lee, uh, what do you think there?
1: Yeah, my model gives uh Horschel a, a huge edge in this group. Obviously it's match play. So, you know, it can't be one on a spreadsheet, but he's 18th in my model. Then, uh, Hoagie's 55th, Peter's 59th and Minwoo Lee dead last. So Oof. Uh, I mean, it's just hard to, to project men with leaks. A lot of his uh, stats are on the Asian tour. So um, it's hard to really know, um, you know what to expect. That's Horschel
0: and three guys in the bottom 10.
1: Yeah. Um, so I just kind of asked this question um, you know, on Discord, if if is a good start to your cash game lineups. And I certainly don't mind it. I don't know if he's going to make another deep run, but you mentioned the form. He had come off of four straight top 20s, and then he made the cut at the player's, ended up getting sick um the night before I think the Sunday round and then I think he was t45 or something when he had to withdraw and uh anytime he withdraws from you know a Florida event you know he must have been really sick so I think he's a really strong play at 8800 but um I just don't know if he's gonna make a deep run so I'll have a little bit but not a ton I don't know about the rest do you have a second favorite in this group no yeah no I mean
0: probably hoagie just because of form but
1: yeah. Are you playing Horschel a
0: lot? Yeah. I mean I'll play quite a bit of Horschel. Yeah. I, I just you know, I just don't like the rest of the group and I don't know who's gonna come out of that group above them. So uh it's tough. This part of the bracket is really tough. I I think this bottom left corner of the bracket, 512 and, and 413, um, could could help decide some contests this week just because couple of the groups are are wide open and you know you got one really strong group and one kind of underwhelming group here um we got the four and the 13 left here let's we can go to group number four first uh that's patrick cantley sung j m seamus power and, and keith mitchell um keith mitchell is very very on the scene of uh finding the good restaurants in the area and uh i saw noto talking it up with head chopper about that in the discord chat so if you want Hey, if you want to chat with us, rotogrinders.com backslash Discord. You can get in for free as long as you're a Rotogrinders member. Don't have to be a premium subscriber. We're in the live stream chat channel uh, of the uh, Discord, which you can access uh, with just your Rotogrinders login. So rotogrinders.com backslash Discord in the live stream chat channel if you want to chat along with us during the show. But Noto, if you're looking for all the good eating spots there, I know you're going to the tournament, uh, you can just – queue up that uh, Keith Mitchell Twitter thread from last night and uh, everyone was giving him all the, uh, the recommendations in there. Uh, and he was posting some of his favorites. So this worries me because Keith Mitchell seems more concerned about the restaurants than the golf. And and I kind of like him in this type of format. So, uh, and this group, I think fairly strong. I mean, we've seen power play well lately. We've seen Mitchell show some more form lately. And then of course you got Cantley and him a couple solid guys at the top. So, um, I like Keith Mitchell, but I wish he was in that horseshoe group.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a lot of uh, uh, golfers like that. Um, Alex Noren's is one of my favorite. We'll get to him in a little bit. But, I mean, he's in probably the toughest group. So um, just kind of the luck of the draw with these things. Um, it's kind of why horseshoe kind of stands out uh, as a really strong play. But uh, can't lay he's never made it out of the first round here, but he's never lost more than one match. Um, he's 7-3-1 in match play. And he's one of those guys that he takes so much time over every single shot. He just gets into the head of his opponents. When we saw him do it with Bryson, uh, when they had that long playoff uh, in the playoff, I think it was a BMW championship. Um, and yeah, he just uh, played well at the Ryder Cup. He's played well at the President's Cup as well. So I like Cantley quite a bit. 10-2 is certainly reasonable. He's been very good on Pete die tracks as well. Songjay, the form worries me a little bit, um, but certainly no issue with him. We saw him play well at the President's Cup as well. Uh, Going to be off of Seamus, but uh, yeah, I think you can make a case for Mitchell. Um, he's just playing, been playing great, and anytime you're on Mitchell, I think uh, we should probably all be on Mitchell.
0: <laughs> I'll play him a little bit this week. I uh, hope he, he finds some good eatings uh, the night before the tournament here and is ready to go tomorrow. But uh, another group, you know, wide open that I, I think certainly you could uh, you could peg any of these four guys to win. Uh, I'll lean more towards the underdogs and and salary savers because uh, I just think this is a good spot to get some value. So you mentioned Cantlay's history here. Um, I'll probably have a little bit more Mitchell than than the other guys in this group, and they will face the winner of group 13. Hatton Burger, Siwoo Kim, and uh, Bazootenhout. So that's another group that's difficult uh, to peg, I think. A few wild cards in there, you really never know what you're going to get out of Kim. And uh, Burger and Hatton tend to be a little unpredictable as well. Hatton, pretty emotional guy. So uh, what do you make of this group?
1: Yeah, this is a really tough one. You would think Burger would be great at match play, just the way, you know, he's very intimidating on the course. He's not there to make friends. Uh, You know, we saw him get into it with. Uh, Hovland and Damon at the players about his drop. I mean, he's uh, he's out there grinding every single shot. So surprises me that he doesn't have a better um, you know match play record. He's five and nine in his career, but that doesn't mean he can't play well here. Uh, I don't mind the ownership, fourteen uh, percent at ninety eight hundred. So I'll have some shares there. Um, Hatton's kind of a firecracker. You could see him making a deep run in this one. You could also see him you know losing the first match and then kind of falling apart the next two. He's just that uh, type of hothead. I remember here last year, the year before, he was just throwing clubs left and right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just never know what to expect from Hatton. And then I think Bazoot now is interesting because he kind of reminds me a lot of Kisner in that, uh, you know, he's just shorter off the tee, but he can get done with the irons in the short game. So I think he's a very interesting uh, play at 7,200. And Siwoo, I just uh, I just can't play him at this point. Um, so he's going to be a distant fourth for me in this in this range. Uh, who's your favorite?
0: Yeah, I had another group that I don't really have a strong take on. So, uh, and I tend to be a little partial to to out So, I'll probably play a little of him. Um, I, I'm in agreement with you on. I mean, I don't play, uh, I don't play Siwoo Kim a lot. So, no surprise there. So, I'll take out over Kim and for a value pick in the group. And I don't know, just a feel thing with uh, with Berger. I think eventually he'll figure out those. Uh, match play woes so you know probably have a little bit of and now a little bit of burger in this group but uh not a not a strong conviction by any means
1: yeah that's what i'm kind of leaning towards too
0: all right uh, let's move uh we're on the right side of the bracket now so we move to the upper right side of the bracket which is group two uh they'll play the winner of uh, group 15 so group two is uh, morikawa kokrak garcia and uh, robert mcintyre so interesting group here um you know morikawa with the questionable putter at times sometimes that worries you in a in a match play format where uh saving par you know to have a hole a lot of times is going to be super important so uh, but you know none of these guys have been lighting the world on fire of late so what do you make of group two here
1: yeah, this one's uh, interesting. I mean, I love Sergio. Uh, probably one of my favorite plays of the week just because I don't have a ton of faith in Morikawa right now. You mentioned the putter and his around the green play is not very good either. And then you look at his recent ball striking numbers and very mediocre uh, approach plays last two events. So I don't know. I don't feel great about him. He's 0 and 2 in his match play career. Uh, and then you have Sergio Garcia who moved to Austin, Texas uh, for his wife. I don't know how many years ago, but uh, you know, he's out there doing the the hook'em horns, the Texas uh, thing with his hands. He's got the the home crowd in his favor. He's got an excellent track record here, you know, played a ton of uh, match play matches in his uh in, in his age. He's 41, 32, and four. So I love the spot for Sergio. The price is more than reasonable. Um, if he's gonna be 10% ownership, that's even better. And I uh, don't really feel like I'm gonna be playing a lot of coke rack. Um, We have seen a lot of lefties play well here, so maybe you take a flyer or two on uh, Robert McIntyre, who did make it out of the the first round here last year. Um, But for me, this is mostly Sergio.
0: Yeah, you make a good case for Sergio there. Um, Another group where I'll probably probably look to the underdogs a little bit. I do like McIntyre uh, just in general. I think he's fun to watch play. So I'll play a little McIntyre, a little Sergio, uh, probably out on the uh, favorites uh, from this group myself. Uh, this will be the, the, the quarter of the bracket that I hope gets upended a little bit. So uh, the next group is group 15, answer Simpson, Harmon, and Watson, a very intriguing group. Um, you could make a case that, that this group is balanced. I, I mean, you could you could give any of these guys, uh, say, plus 250 or so odds to win the group, and I, I wouldn't say that they're horrible odds. I mean, maybe um, – you might find a few people with a different take on it because Webb's been struggling a little bit. Uh, Harmon, you know, has maybe bounced back from one of the worst stretches of his career. Answer has been struggling a little bit, relatively speaking. So, um, I mean, another one, if you just want to, if you're driving it well, uh, you can say Bubba's the favorite out of this group. So uh, I, I like Bubba a little bit
1: here. Yeah. Bubba's interesting. He's has a much better match play record than I ever would have expected. 22, 15 and six. And he's kind of been, uh, you know, one of those guys that plays well on Pete Dyke courses too. I think TPC, River Highlands, um, a place where he's played really well in his career. He's won this event before. So I don't mind the bubble play. Um, and all four of these guys are priced under 8 k So while the while it's kind of a balanced, uh, a balanced group, you could see, you know, one of these guys go pretty far at a very reasonable price point. So I like the idea of, you know, playing two or three of them um, in your MME pool. I think Webb's probably the odd man out for me. Just because of the form, I know we do like him on the shorter tracks, um, you know, more often than not. But just hasn't shown much. Uh, He hasn't really been playing much either. This is his third week in a row. Didn't make the cut last week. But, yeah, like uh, Brian Harmon, obligated to go back to my dude um, after playing well last week, T5. I think he gained around six strokes with the ball striking. He's been very good here in the past. And then uh, answers another guy that plays ball on tie tracks. And he's lost in playoffs each of the last two years. Um, at this event. So a lot of guys that I like, and I think Webb's the odd man out for me.
0: All right. Uh, I'll probably end up with a little more of Bubba and uh, again, hoping for a little chaos uh, in this uh, quarter of the bracket. So next group. um, Well, this is interesting. You mentioned this being perhaps the most difficult group. I I think you'll get a case for this group, group 10 and group five uh, was the Scheffler group that we talked about a little while ago. Uh, But Ustazen, Casey, Connors, and Noren. Um, You know, Ustazen, Casey, and Norrin have all been playing really well. Connors, we know, is one of the best ball strikers on tour when he's right. Um, but, uh, again, you, you could see any of these guys coming out of this group. So uh, how are you handling this one?
1: Yeah, I don't know what to do. I wish uh, all of these guys were in different groups because uh, – except for Connors. I mean, Connors, certainly no issue with him, very good ball striker. But he did lose all three of his matchups here last year. It just doesn't seem like he has a short game to you know really make a deep run into this uh, into this event. So the other three, you know, I like a lot. Casey's been very good in match play throughout his career. Coming off a third place finish at the Players, uh, and he didn't even defend. I guess it wasn't a defend, but he didn't play last week at Valspar where he's won twice. So he's gearing up for this week. Who stays has been awesome uh, in match play, and then uh, Noren's going to be my favorite. He is nineteen and eight um, in match play in his career. He's coming off of uh, some good results um, since the start of the year. He's fifth in good drive percentage and twelfth in strokes gained approach. So the ball striking's been awesome for a guy that you know might have one of the better short games on the PGA Tour, and uh, he likes his course. So yeah, I really like Norin, but uh, I'm gonna have shares of Louis and Casey as well. You
0: know, I, I like Norin as well, and people will think, well, you like McIntyre. You like Watson, you like Norrin, you know, I, again, I'm going for some of these underdogs. That's what you see in this tournament a lot of times. And uh, this order of the bracket, I, I like, I think you can make a case for the lowest seed in all four of these. Uh, and it doesn't seem crazy. I mean, you know, going to the next group, we've got Shoffley, Finau, Herbert and Kanaya. And once again, it's a loaded group right above it. And then a weak group right below it. And you wouldn't have said that a year ago. But Shoffley, relatively speaking, he's been struggling. Finau's really been struggling. Herbert, you never know what you're going to get out of him. And, you know, Kanaya hasn't proven himself in anything resembling this type of a field. So, uh, I mean, are you just taking Shoffley here by process of elimination? Or what do you think on Group 7?
1: I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. And I'm going to have some Xander. Um, and then you have Herbert and Kanaya, 62nd and 63rd in my model this week. So they're pretty easy exiles for me. I think I'm going to play a lot of Finau. Um, he's going to be low owned and he's clearly the second favorite in this group. So if he can be Xander, I think he could easily advance out of this. Um, he's a guy that can make a lot of birdies. Um, you know, he has Ryder Cup experience, President's Cup experience. So, yeah, I mean, give me some fee now. Uh, I know the form's been pretty bad, but if there's any ever a place where you can, you know, discover it, it's, it's these match play events where you can win an, a match, even though you aren't at, at your best. So I like fee now. It's probably going to bite me. Um, I think he offered some nice leverage off of the highest owned golfer in the field. And uh, yeah, 7800 is more than reasonable.
0: I think this is one group I will not have a lot of exposure to on the whole. I think, you know, whoever comes out of this group, I will pick to lose to whoever comes out of the group above them. And uh, so a group that I will probably be light on as a whole. So, all right, let's move to the bottom right corner of the bracket. So this is the last uh, little set of four groups. Uh, And then Noda can go through some, uh, some build settings for you on how to kind of optimize this in lineup HQ. Group six, JT, Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, and Luke List. Who do you like there?
1: Uh, group six, you said?
0: Yeah, group six, the uh, uh, Thomas group.
1: All right, so for me, List is kind of an easy X out. Um, not that he can't come out and win here, but one and five in match play. Um, he's coming in in some pretty bad form. Uh, Miska, Miska withdraw. So, not going to be interested there. Um, Kisner obviously loves this event. He's got a win and a second place finish here. And then JT has just been awesome pretty much all year. And he's been putting a little bit better recently. So I like JT. I like Kisner and I have no issue with Leishman, but I probably just won't have a lot because I like the other two a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'll play some Leishman. I I think, um, play some Leishman and, and, Thomas, uh, no strong take on kind of why, and, you know, Leishman is just a guy that I'm putting my hat on as a lower owned guy with some potential um, that hasn't been playing his best golf lately. So uh, we'll play some Thomas as well, though. I haven't played a lot at the top end guys. uh, So I will play some of them here in in this last quarter of the bracket. Uh, Noto left me a little comment on our expert survey document uh, because the next group, this is the first time. I have boarded the Jordan Spieth bus in quite some time, and uh, I, I don't know what got into me. I, I don't know who spiked my frosted flakes this morning, but Jordan Spieth in Texas, uh, the the magic uh, shot making, you know, hero par saves uh, in a group where it's basically Spieth and a whole lot of guys that can't putt. I just I don't see any way that the speed magic doesn't come through in Texas, um, and so I'll play some speed this week. It, and it's win win for me. Look, if if he wins the group, I was on it, and if he doesn't win the group, he still sucks. So uh, I'm playing some speed this week, but I think it makes some sense given the uh, construction of the group. He's only eight point nine k on DraftKings, so similar to the argument with Horschel um i just think spieth's gonna make more putts than these other guys in this group and uh so i'm gonna play some of them
1: yeah if you're new to watching this show uh justin never <laughs> plays joe jordan spieth um anytime he gets brought up uh you know he just uh craps on him and he's usually right um i think the last time you played him spieth ended up winning right i can't remember it's been so long <laughs> and then and then the very next week you're like yeah i'm off of him again uh, and i chased it for like uh, a month straight so it doesn't take a lot for me to get on speed. Um, he's a guy that, you know, I like rooting for. So yeah, I, I was uh, happy to see that answer in the expert survey and uh, I'll definitely be playing some speed. The 8,900 seems like a very good price point for a guy that, uh, you know, could go very deep into this one. He always seems to play a little bit better the couple of tournaments before the masters. Um, so you can kind of throw out that reason for him. And like you mentioned, Austin, you know, went to the university of Texas. He's going to have pretty much everyone there, you know, rooting for him. So um, Keegan Bradley, don't think he's going to pull the upset One eleven and four in match play. Um, Probably the worst in the field of anyone that has uh, more than a handful of uh, match play events. Rose has been terrible. And then Adam Scott, I mean, he's fine. He would probably be my second pick in this group, but um, yeah, I I like that speed take.
0: All right. Um, That felt weird, but that's all right. We got it out of the way two brackets (laughs) left we got the three and the 14 matchup left. Uh, Group three, uh, really interesting bracket. Victor Hoblin, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Tringali, and Sepp Straka. Hoblin, great tee to green. You never know if he's going to make a putt. Zalatoris, great tee to green. You never know if he's going to make a putt. Tringali has disappeared uh, in 2022 so far, and Straka has shown some flashes lately. So um, what the heck do we do with this group?
1: Really feels like a two-man race to me. I just don't see Tringali or Straka winning this thing. Uh, I could be very wrong on that, and uh, they are both cheap. So if they make a good run, um, then that's gonna hurt my player pool. But uh, for me, it's Hovland and Zalatoris. Didn't have a ton of either. Uh, I think I have about ten percent in my MME build, so uh, not a group that I feel great about. But um, yeah, they just seem so much better than Tringali and Straka to me.
0: Sorry, I muted myself there. Uh, it, it, just basically when they play head-to-head, when Hoblin and Zalatoris play head-to-head, it's going to come down to who makes more putts. And uh, that, that should be a really, really fun match. Hopefully, uh, I think, let's see. I'm looking at the uh, schedule here. I think that they set it Do they set it up to where the top two seeds play the third day. Yeah. Yeah, so Hoblin and Zalatoris will play. Um, you know, if they're both two and oh, that would be a, a really fun match to watch on uh, Friday. So, uh, I picked Toblin, but uh, again, it's just going to come down to, to who makes more putts or if there's a crazy upset. So, uh, the remaining group, uh, feels like another relatively weak group. You've got Neiman, Kevin, Na, uh, Russell Henley and Maverick McNeely in that uh, final group. Uh, it does look like McNeely grades out pretty well in terms of the uh, projections that we have in lineup HQ. I'm not sure if those are from our model or yours this week, but uh, we've got McNeely grading out as one of the best point per dollar plays and double digit ownership. So it seems like some people might uh, look to the upset here in this bracket.
1: Yeah, uh, must not be my owner or my <laughs> projections. Um, I have him uh, 52nd. I don't know. Yeah. 52nd. Um, and then I have not nah, a little bit above him. I like not nah a little bit. We've seen him play well here in the past. Uh, you know, he was famous for uh, yelling at uh, DJ. Remember they got into it after uh, he made him reput three footer or something. And then DJ missed it. And uh, pretty much the reason why DJ ended up, you know, not making out of the group stage that year. So um, he's a guy that can, you know, take his time getting ahead of his opponents and uh, he just had his third baby, so we've got some baby swag. Um, he didn't end up playing the players um, to be there for the birth of his kid, so he didn't have to grind through those um, you know bad five days of weather. And then I like Henley a bit, too. He's similar to Berger, doesn't have a good track, or track record in match play, but, I mean, he hits fairways. He's one of the best in the entire world with his irons, and he's a pretty good putter on Bermuda. So I think he kind of checks all the boxes for me. I like the $7,900 price point. And I have nothing bad to say about Neiman, but I just like uh, Henley Moore. and he's seven hundred dollars cheaper.
0: Yeah, I like Neiman. I think again, this is the side of the bracket where I will play a few of the favorites. So uh, I think Neiman is fine. Um, uh, again, uh, you could you can make a case for for all four of these guys, um, and I'll probably sprinkle in at least one of the others. I haven't decided. Haven't finalized my other options from this group yet, but uh, we'll have some of Neiman for sure. All right. What we're going to do now here as we get ready to, uh, to get out of here is we're going to have uh, Noto nodo show a, a little screen share of kind of our lineup HQ. And one of the unique tools within lineup HQ is that you can build some player groups. Um, and those come in really handy in an event like this, where you're not looking to play like more than one player uh, from, you know, from each individual uh, group of four. So um, hopefully our producer, Eli and Noto, can coordinate getting that screen share up on the, uh, on the screen now. And uh, Noto, I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about some of the things that you're looking at to, to optimize your builds a little bit.
1: Okay, it sounds like we're good to go. Um, so the very first thing you want to do is to make sure you're not playing two guys from the same group. So uh, what you do, uh, you're in lineup HQ. You click on this player groups uh, button at the very top. And then um, you're going to go through in each of the groups and you're going to type in the names of the golfers. We got John Rom. let me pull these up real quick. So we got John Rahm, Reed, Munoz and Cam Young. And you're going to go through. So that's the first group. And you're going to just set it so players use uh, min zero and max one. So that way you're not getting uh, more than one. And then you're going to click this create a new group. And you go into to group two, uh, Morikawa, Sergio, McIntyre, and Kokrak.
0: K- is the fourth guy there.
1: Okay. So you're going to do the same thing, um, zero and one. Um, then you're going to go through all 16 groups. It'll take you know, 10 minutes maybe. And then you're gonna uh, after you get all those 16 done. What I do is I uh, do the quadrants of eight. So you're gonna do the one and the 16 together. Um, so you'll do you know Rom Reed Munoz Cam Young, and then you'll go to the 16. Uh, That's Lowry. Koepka,
0: Lowry Varner and Van Royen. So that group yeah. of that set of eight players.
1: Yep. So you'll you'll put them all them in here, and then you're gonna do the same thing. So uh, zero and one. So that way you're only taking one guy. Uh, from each set of eight. and that way, uh, you' you're gonna maximize your chances to get um, you know six uh, six of the eight in the in the lead eight. and then you'll obviously have um, and then you can set a third rule with the 16. I don't know if you have to set the third rule. Uh, I was trying to think about that earlier.
0: Yeah, I've seen and I've seen some people try to do like all 32 from one side and, and try to do try to get three from each side of the bracket to maximize your chance of having the final two, um, which I don't think I don't think that's absolutely necessary just because there's so there's I mean, there's so much variance in this that if you get like three of the final four, um, you know, I, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me from prior years, but the, the, the amount of people that get you know three of the final four or something like that is usually so small with all the upsets and granted it it could change if the chalk hits but uh as we know this tournament's pretty unpredictable so the two that noto mentioned just trying to take one guy from each group um you know one guy from each group of eight where you can i I think you know that that makes the most sense
1: yeah so one guy from each group of four uh, one, max one of each eight. And then if you do the 16, that way you guarantee, you know, the final four as well, um, to maximize your chances. And for that one, you want to do a minimum of one and a maximum of two. And so, uh, you know, that way, that way you'll maximize your, oh, get it to work here. There you go. I don't know. It's not, let me do, Oh, I don't have enough players in there. Um, that's why. Um, but yeah, so if you, if you just follow those simple rules, you're going to be you know, ahead of 30% of the field it's probably going to get a little bit sharper this year because everyone's talking about these rules and there are more optimizers out there, but they're still going to be, I don't know, maybe 20% of lineups that aren't built optimally. And you can just give yourself a big edge right off the bat. Um, that's not the case with almost every other tournament that you're going to have the rest of the year. So I highly recommend it. Hopefully this was a little helpful. Yep. Um, we'll be around to answer questions if you have
0: them. Yeah. And it I don't want to confuse people because what you did serves a purpose, but if you limit it to min 0 max 1 from each group of 8 that covers you you don't have to do the groups of 4 separately if you're doing max 1 from each group of 8 right that covers the you wouldn't have to do max 1 That's from true. each group of 4 because you're doing max 1 from each group of 8 already so save some um, time there you go yeah you don't have to set that extra rule if you're going to do it now some people might want you know be okay with two guys from each group of 8 or or whatever i do it the same way you do. Uh, But if you're doing max one from each group of eight, then you don't have to actually set it individually with each group of four because you've already got it covered. So um, again, what you did is fine and works. And I just didn't want to chime in and confuse anybody that might've been following along. So, uh, but yes, huge advantage, huge, huge positive leverage. um, If you, if you follow those simple steps and uh, yeah, if you're building, you know, 50 lineups, it might take you an extra 20 minutes to do it, but uh, you're getting a, a huge positive expected value uh, out of building those lineups optimally. So uh, with that, I think uh, it's about time for us to, uh, to wrap it up longest show we've had in a while. Definitely a interesting event to cover and uh, a whole lot of fun to, uh, to follow.
1: What days are you going down? I'm heading out tomorrow uh, with my little one and my dad. So uh, a nice little three-generation uh, trip we're going down. So probably be there Thursday and Friday. It sounds like Thursday is going to be pretty windy. Um, you know, he's only six, and he he doesn't love golf yet. So we'll see uh, how long we can keep him on the course. But, yeah, if uh, anyone's out there uh, and sees me, uh, feel free to say what's up. We'll get a beer or something. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the week. But uh, going in person, you always uh, miss the sweat a little bit, um, you know, watching every every play on Shop Tracker.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll have a good time and uh, hope you're uh, being there in person gives you some good karma with your lineups as well. So, uh, and thanks for that demo. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Good luck, uh, everybody. And again, if you're looking for content for the other tournament that starts Thursday, uh, we'll have things covered in lineup HQ and we will have an expert survey up tomorrow. Uh, to have you covered for the uh, Corrales event, uh, which will have some pretty solid contests as well. So, for Noto, I'm Justin. Thanks for watching, as always, and thanks to Eli for helping us out behind the scenes as well. Good luck this week, and uh, we will catch you next week, same time, same place. Until then, have a great week, everybody.